Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now, here's your host, Urban Lee. Welcome. This is your host, Urban Lee of From Beer to the Bible. You can find information about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can support us at HamptonMinistries.org. I got my co-host, Scott, with me. What's up, Scott? How much? What's up, Urban? Oh, man, living the dream, living the dream. Got my boy Brian back in the house with us. How are you, Brian? I'm good, brother. How are you? Hey, man, it's good to see you, brother. Good to have. Good to be seen. All right. You got a good word for us today? Oh, always. Oh, man. We, we appreciate it. We've had Brian on before, and our listeners really enjoy him because he does a good, great job of rightly dividing the Word of God, which is so important to our everyday life. We're going to start us with prayer, as I always do. Father, we thank you for your compassion We thank you for the grace and we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, so that we may have life, but not only have life, but also have it more abundantly. We receive it and believe it in the spirit of the almighty Jesus. Amen. Amen. Fellas, let's jump right into it. Um, Let's talk about the importance of discipline to sobriety. You want to start us off, Brian? Sure. Um, Discipline is... uh, the foundation of, of anything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, if you standards, basically standards, yeah. uh, everything has a standard. Mm-hmm. Um, weights and measurements have standards. Yes. Um, you know, directions, we have North, South, East, West, you know, mm-hmm. cardinal directions. Everything is based on a standard. Yeah. And so if you have um, a desire to do anything, mm-hmm. you have to do it according to a standard. Right. Um, you know, when you get on an airplane, the, the, the pilot doesn't just say, you know, hey, we're going to get up and uh, we'll just see what happens, guys. Right. No, no they not. have an itinerary. <laughs> they know how long it's going to take to get from point A to point B. Right. Um, they have the route already, you know, set yeah. and they follow the plan. Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the model that we should follow in our lives uh, every day. Um, doesn't mean that there shouldn't be any wiggle room to, you know, deviate if, if, if something needs to happen differently. But but generally speaking. If you have a, a map for your life, yep. um, you, that means you're, you're, going, you're going somewhere. That's right. Uh, if you're just, uh, just willy-nilly, just you know, kind of hanging out and just seeing what's happening, you're probably not going to get anywhere Yeah, I, of I any consequence. That. Yes, yes. Well, Scott, you want to chime in? Yeah, I'll chime in. It, it ties some into uh, uh, Hebrews that I've, I've been reading over the past week. I, uh, you know, I was on vacation last week in Florida, and there was a moment mm-hmm. I— uh, we had a bonfire family on the beach as a sunset and, uh, you know, recently remarried families expanded their seven of us, right. uh, you know, blended yep. family first Brady bunch, Brady bunch and first family <laughs> vacation piling oh, all seven of us in the Yukon driving. Hey, that's a reality driving, show. Uh, 13 hours across country, you know, and it was a great experience and it was right. a great bonding experience and all that you can imagine that goes with that. Yep. But as I sat watching the kids playing on the water and enjoying the, the bonfire, I had to get up and walk away. Mm-hmm. and uh, I went down to a place where it was dark. There weren't a lot of people, and I could look back and, and, and look at my family. And mm-hmm. and my daughter, who's sitting here, doesn't even know this, but I uh, I just looked back, and had tears running down my face mm-hmm. because it wasn't so long ago. I almost didn't have any of that right? and, and lost it all. Mm-hmm. And to look at where God had brought me back to, and I was sharing that with a good friend that I'd grown up that had known me since I was knee-high to, you know, yeah. a chair he would, you know, little toddler, a few years older. And he said, and he has similar background. And mm-hmm. 
he said, you know, go read Hebrews six mm-hmm. guys like us that are given a second chance. Don't get a third, mm-hmm. you know, take this serious and be disciplined. Yeah. And, and, and I was just reading that as you were talking in the back half of this talks about, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that you will, so that what you hope may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to be imit, but to imitate those who through faith, and patience inherit what has been promised. Yeah. You know? And God's yeah. given us a second chance as, as right. folks in recovery, right? Because mm-hmm. many of us don't get this far. You know, we end up in a grave. Nope. And we have found that faith and that hope. And there's a discipline that he expects to go with that, to yeah. maintain that. And if he does, we do that, right? The blessings will continue and follow. I, I'm still amazed at where I'm at in my life today. Yeah. All I, all I ever wanted was just not to drink again. Yeah. And I'll never forget my first sponsor telling me, hold on to your pants. It's only going to get better. Yeah. And I was still <laughs> underestimated today. Yeah. Cause at that moment you, you really can't see it when they say it's going to get better. And I, I remember hearing something very similar and I'm looking around like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to trust you. And I trust God. And I heard miles Davis once give a quote and I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but Miles Davis himself suffered from addiction, heroin, alcohol addiction. And he said he realized when he lost all of his disciplines and he started to drift is the word that he used. When he just started to drift through life that he then fell into deep addiction because, and I said, wow. Then I look back over my own path and, and my path to sin, to shame and to alcoholism I started to drift, mm-hmm. man. I didn't, I stopped. It didn't happen all, overnight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen overnight, but I can, I can say, well, I remember about three years ago, I stopped praying, right? Praying left. Then I stopped going to the gym. And then all of a sudden I looked at my life and the only thing I really was doing at a point was drinking, sleeping and drinking. I really didn't have any relationships when it got really bad before I went to rehab. My discipline was I need to get up and drink so I could feel better. And wasn't, that was it, right? And that's why I think that discipline and instilling and having a rhythm of living and different disciplines that keep you, one, in relationship with the Lord, and then two, in fellowship with others, and then three, helping you stay in your purpose, your assignment, and your goals as ordained by the Lord. So that is one of the things I wanted to make sure we talked about. And then whatever you want to add to that, Brian, please do. Yeah. So, uh, totally in agreement with, with every, with what any, with all everybody's saying so far, just wanted to make sure that, that this point was also added. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, and it might seem legalistic. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we have to take drastic measures, um, to get to the place where we have to go. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, for example, we may need to implement some really stringent rules on ourselves mm. and it may get to the point where you say, Hey, you know what? We're cutting out all sugar. Yeah. It, you know, your, your health might be to that point where you can't like mm-hmm. moderate it. Yeah. <laughs> it just needs to be like, no, we need to just cut it off. Yeah. You know, alcohol, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but it's for a purpose. Yeah. Uh, it, it's for a purpose. If I don't have the self-discipline to be able to walk by uh, a Snickers candy bar mm-hmm. without, taking it, then mm-hmm. I'm going to do something that's 
you know, I, I'm not going to walk in that room anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to go in the grocery store for a week or whatever yeah. it is. It, sometimes we've got to put those types of boundaries on ourselves and those types of controls on ourselves if we can't control. We just have to understand who we are. Yeah, I can't control myself, or yeah. at least in my mind I can't. And and until I exercise enough discipline and and will mm-hmm. to be able to walk into the grocery store, you know, I'm not going to do it. And so yeah. sometimes we have to do those things. I think that I think it's a great point. I've I've had sponsees early on in recovery, them and or their spouses go well. You know, the spouse may not have an issue with that. Do I need to get the alcohol out of right. the house? I'm like, yeah. well, you probably do for a period of time, right? Yep. So they're solid in their recovery. <laughs> exactly. And then at that point, as a couple, you got to decide where you're at. What's the right answer for y'all? Yeah. You know, Amy Jo and I, I mean, she she can drink. She doesn't have a problem like 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 we do. Yeah. And, but we also have an understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, if I ever get to a point, for whatever reason, stress, life, whatever it is yeah. that's going on, and I walk in and say, you know what, just for a period of time, can you get out? I just don't want the temptation there. Can you get out yep. of the house? I, I don't feel confident right now. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Now, yeah. We haven't had to do that yet. Yeah. But we've had that conversation, right? We know here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, because she loves me. Yeah. You know, and, and she doesn't want to see me slip or fall. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think you have to have that discipline. And, you know, and I, I do it with sugar, with, with ice cream, right? I could go through a Man. bunch of Ben and Jerry's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. And I did yeah. when I got out of rehab. Right now, I buy it occasionally. I don't keep a pint or three pints or four pints in the freezer, you know, that are handy so I don't have to go to the store. Yeah. Because I don't know what that means in my mind is, well, I'll just go have a pint and I won't, I'll save the other three for next month. Right. Yeah. That ain't going to happen. They're going to be gone before the week's out. Yeah. You know, so um, we all have to have that for at various times. Yeah. And I, and I had a similar situation. (laughs) My wife and I, we went to um, Cracker Barrel Mm -hmm. and um, this was actually, this was a couple of weeks ago. Um, they have the candy bars. Yeah. The, <laughs> yep. And they've got all the good ones. That's so perfect. Are they all are they the king size ones? Well, that's what I was saying. They're not uh, the little mini whoa, ones. They're the bigger original size ones. Oh, yes. So they, I'm going to get the four exactly. bar Milky Way. Oh, man, exactly. They try, they're really trying to get you, man. And look, I had they had a, uh, I hadn't had a chunky in a long time. <laughs> but chunky, I, I really like chunkies. Yeah. They had the raisins in them and the nuts. And, you know. Right. And so they had the big one. You know, why couldn't they just have the little... No, and I was like, well, no. I was like, all right, well, I'll get it, mm-hmm. and I got it, and I exercised some discipline. I only ate one of the squares, yeah, out, and there's three left at my house. I looked at it before I left, right, and I was like, nope, I'm gonna leave it there. There you go. But I got it. I yeah. overcame. Yeah, I won that. To me, that was a huge battle to win because I want oh, yeah. I want to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, but I, I know that I couldn't. I used to do it. I mean, Papa does. I love their fried shrimp, and I oh, used to man. get the largest portion they had because yep. I could, and I'd down it all. Yeah. You know, and I don't do that today, but I just I look at just in general in portions in America from when I was a kid to now. Mm. Oh, huge. Oh. Right. You get a you get an order for one. It's enough to feed two or three people. And yeah. That's normal. That's right? normal. That's a normal serving. Right. And uh, it, it takes discipline to go. No, I don't need to eat all that. It's okay yeah. to take leftovers home, or take or or get or it and split, split it. it. Yeah, yeah. It, that's what we did and last so night. So what if they charge me an extra five or seven bucks for splitting the right. meal? Yeah, all right. That that's okay. Yeah, it's it's worth your health. Health and one of the things that I see a lot in the world today is, and we all know there's a, a spiritual component to sobriety, addiction, and overcoming addiction, and and walking in faith in Christ is. There's this new term that is being floated in the recovery um, industry, I'm going to say, um, by a famous person that's called being California sober. Mm-hmm. California sober. So I, I'm like, okay, well, 
What's the difference in being sober in California than it is over here in Texas? We all fighting to, to 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 not drink and to not drug. So I read up on it, and it means that you can have alcohol and smoke marijuana in moderation, and you can still be California sober. And I'm like, that's a horrible thing because. Scott, you know this, and I know this. I'll just be I honest cried. with you. I can't. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> that could never work for the guy behind the mic, me. No. I yeah. can't have a drink. That's just my reality. I cannot have a drink. I cannot have a joint. I cannot have any drugs in my body. So California sober for me, if that's not being sober, but what I'm worried about, and the reason I want to talk about it and get you guys' thoughts and opinions on it, because I don't want new people who are coming into recovery, Scott, like you and I are and have been, to think that you can consume any drug, one, and be sober, and then two, be in recovery, because that's can't, not can't technically the, I mean, de- I, the definition of recovery. You know, I, I never read the big book till I got to rehab. And when I got through those first 164 pages, I thought somebody had been living in my house. Oh yeah. And and there's that section that talks about the stages of the drinking and the things that we do. We'll change places, change, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And I realized, man, I did all that. And I had, and I'm yeah. sitting here in Rhea. There you go. I mean, it doesn't work. Yeah. I tried it. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to control my drinking. Man. I still wanted to be able to drink. Without question. And I can't have one. Nope. One will lead to three that quick. <laughs> and tomorrow it, I'll start at 10 and go, well, I'll stop at 10. Yep. No, I won't. No, we, yeah, we, I'll just keep going. And, and I think it's a grave misnomer and does a grave disservice to all of those who are truly suffering currently from addiction to think there is a way to moderate your addiction um, with smoking pot and just trying to count your drinks. And I tried to count my drinks for years. And my <laughs> wife would tell you, I'd go out, I'd have, I'd have my plan, Brian. I'd say, okay, so you're going to start with two beers at home. You can have six beers at the club, and then you can only have two mixed drinks. Man, that never worked. I wouldn't be sitting <laughs> here if it worked. Poor. <laughs> yeah, it is poor. Because once I have it, it sets off that allergy, and man, I just yeah. craving it, and I, mean, that, I just it, it just well, we, doesn't we work. We had Doctor Boone on here. We've talked about it, right. I mean, yep. to your point, it sets off that allergy. It sets off a chemical reaction yep. in our bodies that causes us to want more. Man, and you can't control. You it. can't control that in moderation. No. Once no. you've crossed that stage, there's no going back. Yeah. Uh, if I never crossed that stage and I had moderated early life, would I have ended up in the same way? I don't know. I'll never know that answer. Yeah. Uh, but I know my reality today is I can't do that. And I've tried that. Yeah. You know, I've tried to, I'll stop for 30 days. I'll stop for 60 days. Mm-hmm. I won't drink whiskey. I'll just drink good wines. It all led back to the same bottomless bottle. You got the, the same the result. Same result. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also think, and in, in, it goes back to the original sin in my mind, right? We want to be God and we want to be in control. Yeah. And if I can be California sober, yeah. I'm still in control. You're still in control and you can still have what you, what we deemed Which at that time. I don't fun. need to go to step one. Yeah. Because I don't have a problem. Yeah. I don't need God. Yeah. That, and, and that's the spiritual aspect of it. Brian, you and I talk a little bit about this. Uh, well, actually, we talk a lot about it, but talk about uh, the spiritual warfare of it. Because for me, when I heard California sober, the first thing I said is, wow, our enemy is out there perverting what it really right. means to be sober, right? 
So talk a little bit about that spiritual warfare. Yeah, so the spiritual warfare aspect of addiction, um, I, I like to go back to the the division of Scripture that deals mm-hmm. with spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there are a few, but the one yep. in particular I like is um, Paul's in Second Second Corinthians chapter 10, mm-hmm. verse 3 through 5. And what he, and the picture that he paints uh, with those words, he says um, that we're not to war after the flesh, but after the spirit, you know, and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, yep. this, that, and the other. And if you look at the whole context of the chapter, mm-hmm. he's talking about the mind. Yep. So when we put spiritual warfare out there mm-hmm. against the enemy, it's a spiritual battle. It's yep. spirit. It's our spirit and spirit beings, and we're doing battle against a spirit being the yep. enemy, mm-hmm. demons. But when the enemy counters and comes back against us, yep. he's doing battle against our mind. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at verse 3 through 5, throughout those verses, he's talking about things that are dealing with the mind. Yeah. You know, strongholds. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the mind. You know, uh, capturing every thought to mm-hmm. the obedience of Christ. It has to do with yep. the mind. Yeah. Um, and so... That's the battle. And if we don't understand that battle, yep. then we'll lose. Yep. So this is a battle for our mind. This is a mm-hmm. battle for the souls of men. Yeah. It, it it doesn't have anything to do per se with liquor or drugs or food mm-hmm. or pornography. It has anything to do with that. It has to do with using things to weaken your mind, to weaken mm-hmm. your soul. Yeah. Because the soul is your barrier that God uses, uh, it's the filter, so to speak, mm-hmm. because our communication with God is spirit to spirit. God's yep. a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in the spirit and truth. So anything that we do to God or for God must be spiritual. Yeah. Um, that filter is the soul. Mm-hmm. And so if the enemy can break down our soul or our mind, then he has access to our spirit man. Yeah. And so that's the battle. Spiritual, we're, spiritual warfare, it's kind of a misnomer, but the spiritual warfare, it is spiritual, but it's also soulish. And if we don't know that the, the, wage, the war that he's waging against us mm-hmm. is soulish, the war that we're waging against him is spiritual. Yeah. And I would connect that back to being California sober, because if he can plant that seed in your mind mm-hmm. and you're a person who has been truly sober, abstaining from whatever you are addicted to, now he gets you thinking, well, hey, perhaps I'm, I should try being California sober. And when I, saw, when I saw that, immediately I said, oh, man, this is, this is definitely spiritual warfare for, from our enemy. And a part of waging spiritual warfare is we talk a lot about Ephesians 6. Mm-hmm. So take, take our listeners through the armor that the good Lord gives to us to fight our enemy, Satan. So the armor um, is, is, is a metaphor mm-hmm. uh, because you, you're seeing the image of a soldier or a yeah. warrior um, with the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of the salvation and yeah. the feet uh, with the preparation of gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, yep. shield of faith, all that. Yep. <clears throat> but again, it, it goes, we have to connect the spiritual component again, because I think that, Spiritual warfare is, is somewhat of a misnomer yeah. because while we are doing spiritual battle, we are receiving a soulish battle. Yep. We're seeing a soulish attack. Let me, let me correct that. We're receiving a soulish attack. 
Mm-hmm. So if we're not cognizant of the fact that we are a three-part being, spirit, soul, body, yeah, w- you know, we might be looking for some guy in a red suit with a pitchfork. <laughs> right. You know, that's, that's the devil. Right, yeah. Where is that's he? Where idea. is he? I haven't seen him. Yeah, well, yeah. and if you don't see him in the natural with a red suit and a pitchfork, <laughs> you're thinking that the devil doesn't exist. Oh, that's just crazy. It's yeah. just a cartoon. And, and no, they no, don't no, talk no, no. about it in church. Yeah. We, and we have to be able to see the enemy in this three-pronged attack, yep. spirit, soul, body. Yep. And, and if not, then we'll just continue to look at scriptures and, and we'll cherry pick things and pick things mm-hmm. out. And, and we won't be able to connect it all together and, and yeah. have a successful uh, full frontal attack on the enemy. Yeah. There's a, there's a line in a Rolling Stones song. It's called Sympathy for the Devil, which I think is a great song in describing who the enemy is, right? It's not a guy in a red devil suit with a pitchfork nope. at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's real subtle, but there's a line that says, pleased to meet you, hope you guess my name, but what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Mm-hmm. right it's what's going on in your mind that's, right. that's yep. where i'm playing that's right yep. that's the devil's playground that's right. yeah right it's not some burning bush moment out there with some big exactly. thing yep. that looks like it came out of a dungeon the dragons game yeah exactly. that's what's going on in between years that's yep. right. and too and too often the church plays into that mm-hmm. because oftentimes the church doesn't have the answers or the revelation or the insight mm-hmm. to be able to deal with stuff or they don't want to deal with it or, or whatever it is yep. and people are hurting and people are suffering yep. in the church building, suffering, and you know we're saying, oh, you know, the Lord's going to take care of it. Just trust just and believe enough. in Him. Yeah, just yeah, pray. pray you know, just continue to be faithful. And one day, you know, the Lord is going to take all your pains away in heaven. It's like, dude, I got a family here. I, I have a life here. I have yeah. to live. Hey, you know, that that is that tells me that short changes the ability and the power of God, absolutely, right? yes, and His ability to heal absolutely. and restore. Yeah. You got to wait till you get to heaven. No, you don't. No. no. You do it right here and right now. Yeah. We're, and all three of us are sitting here as living proof. That's right. We are wonderful examples of the healing power of the Lord when you trust in and you have faith and you take steps of faith and action. And we are going to have more on the other side. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal. And the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back. It's your host, Irvin Lee of From Beer to the Bible. I'm going to allow my good friend and Brian close us out today, and we thank you for being with us, and we ask that God continue to richly bless you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, same to you and the, the wonderful listeners. Just wanted to uh, encourage everybody that, you know, we are here for a purpose greater than, you know, waking up, going to Mm -hmm. school, going to work, going to church. You know, those are all a part of our human experiences. But the the main main thing that we have to remember is Genesis gives us the blueprint Mm -hmm. that 
the idea is to be connected to the creator that we have to make him known. Yes. And you have to see yourself that way. Oftentimes yes. we, we just, we just talk about God as, you know, somebody that's out there, somebody over there Speak. and we can't do that. And once we get past the point of just thinking that we're just, you know, we did our duty today. We went to Sunday service. We went to Wednesday prayer or whatever it was. It's not just that. That's a part of it. That's a small part of it, actually. Mm -hmm. But the main part of it is that you are here on assignment from God. And And I'll end with this. If a chair, if a cup, if a screwdriver has a definitive identity and purpose, how much more do you, as a child of God, as a creation of God, made in the image and likeness of God, mm-hmm. have an identity and a purpose. And I'll leave it at that. And I thank everybody for their time. And I want to leave you today with the love. I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord, our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.